What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and I'm here once again with a brand new episode for you guys and a brand new guest today. It is comedian and producer Jason Toops. Uh, it was fun to have Jason on the show. We talk a lot about uh, his shows that he runs. Uh, go follow uh, Alameda Comedy Works on Instagram. Also be able to follow him, too, at uh, Jason.Toops, and that's T-O-U-P-E-S. Um, and that's Go follow the Alameda Comedy Works page for all the shows that he produces and puts together. Uh, he has some really good comedy shows, in, uh, one at, the, at a movie theater in Campbell, Pruneyard Cinemas, and then also at Faction Brewing in Alameda. Uh, so, yeah, go uh, follow him and go check out those shows. He always has, like, awesome lineups of comics. Um, yeah, we talked about some great things on this podcast, and it was a really, it's a really cool episode. Uh, yeah, and if you can also do me the favor, follow the podcast on Instagram at I'm Getting There Pod. I'll be sure to tag Jason in the episode when I post it and the Alameda Comedy Works page as well. And then uh, hit the link in the bio. I think I'm on every platform that you can, you know, that you would want to use to listen to podcasts. Um, and if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, uh, please rate the rate the podcast. Hit those stars, and uh, also leave a review if you can. I appreciate uh, the people that have done that so far. I'm trying to build those reviews up, so please do that if you listen on Apple or you got an iPhone, or if you're on Spotify. Most people are listening on Apple, from what it tells me online. So. I know you guys are there. <laughs> um, you know, thank you. Um, you know, to anybody and everybody that supports this podcast. Um, it's just a solo ship over here, sailing. Um, and I, you know, I really appreciate you know the people that tune in and listen and like the clips. Uh, I've been you know trying to put together and format uh, more video clips for the show online to try to get you guys to listen to the full episodes. But yeah, please do uh, also follow. Uh, the podcast on Twitter as well at IGT Pod, and then uh, follow my YouTube channel. There's a link in the description. Um, I post uh, the video clips that I'm talking about on my YouTube channel as well, with my stand-up clips too. So you can go watch both of those things there. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I'll be hosting Rosie McCann's on the 22nd, on the 24th. I'll be hosting the Santa Cruz Mountain Brewery. I'm guest hosting for Brian Snyder. Uh, so come to those shows this week, both in Santa Cruz. Both start at eight o'clock. Uh, once at yeah Monday, Rosie McCann's Wednesday, Santa Cruz Mountain Brewing. Um, and then I think that's it for me for May. Uh, I believe I have a show coming up. I'm trying to figure out on June second. More details for that. And then let's see, June fifteenth will be the next uh, Woodhouse uh, Comedy Night. And I got some great comics on there. The headliner, Zach Lord and Pete Ballmer. And there's a, a few others on the lineup so far I need to confirm with. Yeah, but thank you uh, for always supporting and listening to the podcast, people that do so. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Jason. appreciate you taking the time oh absolutely absolutely so glad to uh, be a part of it thanks for uh, asking me to join yeah man i uh, i think the i was gonna say i think the first time we met was at i think i met you at the blue lagoon for like randomly i think um, okay I was yeah like, uh, you came and did it i think when jorge was running it and i think yeah i didn't i didn't i hadn't i didn't know who you were at the time but i was just like yeah. what's up dude like how's it going yeah. 
And then uh, saw you. I saw you the other day at uh, at Roosters, and that was uh, yeah. That was a really fun night, actually. Like yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting night. You know, John Lear and I were just sitting in the back, going, "Okay, all right, let's do this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those comps are funny, man. I mean, they they you know, I mean, obviously, it's you know, I I look at it from a producer's perspective. You know, they're they're just looking to generate ticket sales during the week. You know, and yeah. so. You know, and for that, they're they're looking at it as like going, hey, let's uh, let's make some money and see how many people these people can bring out and, mm-hmm. you know, vote on in the next round and stuff like that. So uh, but, yeah, that was it. That was a good night. I mean, you know, Pat did a great job. She's so likable, okay. you know, and it really it <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily matter how polished of a comedian you are necessarily on the nights like that it's mostly your likability and how you succeed on that one night Mm -hmm. um you know than anything else and you know that's the thing a lot of comedians especially what i tell a lot of young comedians that you know you got to work on your likability you got to connect early you know and be a different voice in the room if you be like that you can really do amazing things especially when you're on a show that has you know, more than five people, you know, you have to be different. You can't mm-hmm. sound like anybody else. So, yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally right in that. And yeah, going up, <laughs> going up like later in those lineups too, you really have to like try to outshine, you know, so many other, Oh yeah. Like, so many other people. Like I think I, the other night I was at the improv and I, I was like comic number 27 or something like that. Mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. And I could feel the audience being like, all right, man, like let's, it, we're we're ready to yeah <laughs> ready. yeah you can when, when you feel that right when you get up on stage you're like yeah you're like shit but you're still got you're like i i got i know i'm gonna try this and so uh i you know i could feel myself kind of um like almost kind of rushing because i you know you also it's like three minutes yeah. you know but i did have fun and, and the notes that i did get was like like my pacing like kind of like mm-hmm. relaxing a little bit and i was like yeah mm-hmm. it's like you gotta still you gotta still be able to do that even though you have you can feel all those things all those you know external mm-hmm. variables mm-hmm. so i do i do struggle with that like in new rooms or places i haven't been i'm mm-hmm. like man this is like like i was actually gonna ask you because you recently went to new york you know it's going somewhere totally different than where you're kind of performing regularly or mm-hmm. you know doing shows regularly like how was that how did you feel in those environments or how were you able to you know as it like is it hard for you to do you experience that at all like it like kind of like being having those nerves kind of and let it not like try not to let them show when you're when you're like doing your jokes and stuff well <clears throat> i i've always been an energy guy you know and that's always been gonna, my thing i was gonna mention you that know? too like yeah, yeah i i always love to bring up the energy in the room you know i've never i've never had that like you know um you know one of the greatest advices i've always had is you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta have a good time. If you're not having a good time on stage, the audience is going to pick up on that. And if you're not having fun, you're not having fun. I mean, and <clears throat> I know that if I'm on a, in a funk or whatever, I'll, I'll divert and, you know, I'll ask somebody to host a show or something like that. But, you know, about the New York trip, it was just amazing. Uh, for me, it, it was my vacation. Um, it was, you know, going into those rooms and some of that. It was just like I was playing with house money. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I just had a good time. I just let it go. Uh, most of the shows that I was on were, you know, on the smaller side, um, you know, but I did to do two shows in front of two pretty good size audiences one of the way comedy club on a friday night oh, nice. you know we had a 10 o'clock show it was probably about 80 people paid it was great audience was fantastic i went up uh like second spot 
um and had a great time just absolutely just loved it uh in the pocket the whole time um and it was interesting was the room wasn't air conditioned at all and it was a very hot (laughs) night in there and wow it was just it was something else but the audience itself you know so i was i was lucky in that but i did another spot at the stand um where yeah yeah and i was uh the last comic of the night and it was after midnight and they'd already seen about 10 comics that were amazing punky johnson mark norman um aaron berg uh you know and these are all people that are at the store i mean store seller Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards and i had to go up on them and i still brought the heat and the thing was was you know I don't care whether I'm going up first or last. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. And, but also I was in the room, you know, and so I was doing a little crowd work to enable that connection because my, my voice, my advice for a lot of people is you got to connect to the crowd. If you do not connect in the crowd with like the first 30 seconds, you're, you're going to be lost. And, and I also look at it this way too is uh and this is the biggest thing I take away from New York City comics is they're always in the room. I mean literally on top of every little thing. Um <clears throat> last night for example, I was doing my show in Alameda. We had a 100 people mm-hmm. and it was great and, and I had a guy in the back of the room start yelling out stuff during my set and I kind of let it go but it threw me off for a second cuz typically we don't get hecklers. In New York City, somebody would have been on top of this person the second a, a word was said, not even a laugh. And that was the whole thing is being in the room. And that's what I'm learning about is you just got to be in the room. And the more you're in the room, the better it is. And in New York City, I was just like, I started immediately doing crowd work and off the top of the my set. And it was fun crowd work. And so the everyone was responsive of it. And so I immediately got the connections and I was doing callbacks uh, jokes from earlier people set. So immediately goes, all right, you know, cause that's the one thing I notice in showcases a lot of times, and especially in the city, a lot of comedians are more worried about the hang in the back and, you know, walk, staying outside and watching the side, you know, hanging out and, you know, partaking in all sorts of activities <laughs> and, and they don't watch the show and yeah. so they'll get in and if their st- stuff's not working they'll start doing crowd work and they'll ask the same questions that were asked earlier and so the crowd's like where have you been what's yeah. going on here and so <clears throat> i i think it's one of those things as a comedian it's best to if you're going to be on the show watch the show see what the vibe is not just before your set but during all the sets so you can have fun with everything yeah, I I agree with you. Not something I, I when I host, I try to I try to do that because I feel like having a having a little if you can have a little something to like maybe get another little laugh before you bring up the next person. Not do like a whole you know not do material between people, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like just being able to like <clears throat> kind of guide that transition or comment oh, yeah. on the last joke. I I I've been like just watching like other other hosts. You know when you're when you're on shows like it's like man like that like that was a really good like creative callback that he just came up with that's like and it's like impressive to see see people like be able to do that and be and so i've been that's something i've been focusing on so that's really good like point to to like take away like when you're set from you're saying from new york is like yeah like spend i guess yeah spend more time watching that's 
And, yeah. you, and you get to know people sets and it's like people actually are a lot of people who hang around are funny <clears throat> like and yeah. the, the people that you're on these shows with it's like there's reason there there's that, that person's headlining the show like i did a show the other night when, with mean dave at, at the cigar lounge in san jose love that guy yeah. yeah i mean dave's awesome and uh he uh he had a was joe Klosek, i think is a headliner mm-hmm. yeah joe yeah and great great comic dude i've never seen like he he like just took this like one little crowd work thing that he did and turned it into this whole like his whole set just became about this and he just turned it he like connected it to all these other things in the room i was like holy crap like how like it was just like crazy to watch and uh Something that Nina G told me that he said was like thinking about your set in like islands, like mm-hmm. having your material in like these like islands that you can mm-hmm. like go to. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was a really interesting point of view, like in like looking at like what you ha- what you're talking about for because it's like he was up there for like a half hour. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I can't like I run out of stuff. I'm starting to like figure out that I run out of stuff at like at like 13, 14 minutes right now is where mm-hmm. I'm at. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. the sets that I've gotten that are longer. I kind of mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of go, okay, I'm. Uh... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, I I think a lot of that has to come with the fact that you know a guy like Joe has been doing comedy for so long, and when you have all those reps together, mm-hmm. and a lot of it just comes to the fact that like he's, I mean, my guess is he's, you know failed so many times that you know and you just get better and better with repetition 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 and you know you develop that ability to put those things together Mm -hmm. and so you know because comedy is a little bit like the movie groundhog day you know where you know you just keep trying the same stuff and then like you adjust a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and you're just trying to find that winning formula um by the end just like yeah just yeah exactly and like yeah playing piano and, uh, and doing all kinds of crazy shit exactly <laughs> exactly and you're, you're developing new new stuff yeah. and you know and it just has to come in time I, I think a lot of especially young comics they get very impatient you know and and they also they you know i i think it's i think it's great to admire others and learn from others but don't get jealous of other people's successes uh, because it's all unique it really is you can be a comedian that i I mean my favorite comics are comics that have you know i mean i enjoy the taylor tomlinson's and who are massive successes in early age nothing but respect for all them and they have a story to tell that they resonates with a lot of young people and that's why they're successful but some of my favorite success stories in comedy are comics that have been doing the road for you know, 10, 20 years and they finally, you know, like got their big, success. Get a big pop yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, Lewis black, uh, for oh, example. Dude, I love Lewis black. He's yeah. like one of the first people I saw when I was younger. I was like, this guy's <clears throat> fucking awesome. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can make arguments about Louis CK. I mean, Louis basically, you know, uh, he had some limited success prior to the FX show with getting the pilot on HBO and having, you know, certain stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't until he just decided, hey, I'm really going to invest my time in movie making abilities and making this TV series with Louis, uh, the Louis show. Mm-hmm. And it totally changed the career around Mark Marin, Same thing. You know, it wasn't until he got the podcast and yeah. he rejuvenated his career. So. <clears throat> I I really look at stories like that and I'm like, 
all right, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in this whole thing as you go. And, you know, being in the room, like, you know, and having the ability like Joe does where he can take just little things and make a joke out of it. I'm not there. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. That sometimes that is, but a lot of times I'm not, but you know, and uh, that's impressive. And I, I love it. I love seeing that stuff too. Yeah. Like when you see somebody that just has that different, they take it to that different level that yeah, yeah. you people been getting laughs, but then somebody starts getting like this and you're like, mm-hmm. how do I, how do I, I was asking Ivy that one night. I was like, yeah. how do I get, how do I mm-hmm. get to that? Like, and yeah, she's, yeah. she's like, I don't, she's, she's like, I'm trying to do that too, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm like, damn, like, I'm like, you, I'm like, that's just, it's like, yeah, I just did. It. Yeah. It's, it's something to true. Like it's, it's an admirable thing. Like when you're like, man, well, like just, you know, you know, the grind behind it. You can, you can yeah. like, just the time spent you're like, man, like, you know, and you, and you don't even want to like, <laughs> it was funny. Cause me and Dave's like, don't talk to him and i'm like i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna like go i know better than to like you know like i try to because i'm already kind of a shy person like I, yeah like I, I was like i don't think you're that shy but I okay mean, but i i like just socially like i yeah i am I'm, I'm like kind of you know like i wanted to interact more with people sure. like uh but it's like i don't know i just have this i just get yeah it's like nerves i guess but um, okay like i notice you kind of have your a pretty like uh um, like uh, external guy, at least from my point of view of meeting oh, thanks. you. Like, and I was going to yeah. ask you, is that something that you kind of like have always, have you kind of always been like the, like that kind of personality or is that something that you like, uh, like, like work on or like kind of like, well, no, nah, I mean, um, I've always kind of had a kind of jovial sense. I mean, listen, my, my day job, you know, I work in television and, okay. you know, and I'm in an edit bay for eight hours, no windows, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm under, yeah, you I know, saw, actually I saw a picture of you holding a Emmy in your yeah, Instagram. I'm yeah. Yeah. We can up. talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you know, my, my job is, you know, basically a, a pressure cooker because I'm constantly under deadlines and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so when I get in out in comedy, you know, the thing is, is it, it's my social time. This is my time to be happy. This is my time to have fun. And I absolutely love the idea of community in comedy and you know, and I, I honestly, I love people, you know, and I love being around people. Um, I mean, certain groups obviously kind of scare me, but you know, I mean, but the thing is, is like, I, it's like, it's, I hate to say the word hobby, but the thing is, is like, it's a passion. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I get a booking at a club and some of that, I just, I'm, I'm there to have fun, meet new people. Uh, open up my myself to new things i mean this is my fun time mm-hmm. you know and so it's just like it's 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 as if like you're going to you know play football with your friends or basketball with your friends i mean i'm like i'm here to have a good time you know okay. i'm not here to have a crappy time i mean listen you know we're not we don't do comedy for the money <laughs> you know that's that's first and foremost <laughs> we're not in this for the funny so i mean we're in this for the funny we're not yeah. in this for the money and so I'm I'm there to have a good time. And, you know, one of the things that I, I love about this is, and comedy is because I, I didn't get into comedy until I was in my mid 30s. And I decided, you know, I, and I tried all these different hobbies and things like that. I got into the cooking thing when I'm 
like 2010 when everyone was a foodie you know i i've been i've been doing the car thing you know in which like everyone had a nice car and i would go to do rallies and drives and meet up with car clubs and i'll tell you this much the people that i met in those scenes are not people i really identified with but then when i started getting into comedy I started meeting some of the best people I've ever met in my life because they're all from different backgrounds. They're all from different walks of the earth. They yeah. all have unique stories. They're they're genuine. That's the other thing too. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of fakers, but you know, for the most part, the real genuine people. Because I feel like as a comedian, you have to be almost in touch with your emotions to be really good, and you have to be in touch with being genuine on and off stage to be good. And that's the thing I love. And so I love getting to know people, you know, and and in this industry too, is it's your reputation is your currency, you know, that if you have a good reputation and you're always working on it and you're always, you know, um, you know, realizing where you're at, you know, because I want to be known as a kind person. I want to be known as somebody who is a stellar producer, who's a genuine guy. And at the end of the day, just easy to be, you know, easy to be around, you know? So, yeah. And I I always, I always love that. Yeah. That's, yeah, those are all great. Those are all great things. I I feel like I identify with, with a lot of that as well. And you do like the the second I met you, you were like, Hey man, how's it going? And when I saw your set at roosters, I was really, I was really blown away. I was like, wow, this is awesome. I could hear you You laughing in the back at some of the stuff. I appreciate that. I was like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm really known for. I got the loudest laugh in comedy. (laughs) I think I, uh, I, I like sometimes will, will laugh at things that people don't like this. Oh yeah. Silent on. And then they're like, yeah, comics will look at you like it's not that funny i'm like dude come on man like you're just but i mean i i feel that at small shows too like where there's audience members they'll come up to you afterwards like you were so funny i'm like but you sat there mm-hmm. quietly you know the whole time yeah like, i feel like people sometimes like you said it's just a uh, expressing yourself and like being like i feel like sometimes people are yeah they're like afraid to to like it's also just stuff that you know when you laugh at something it's like the assumption is like oh that person thinks that or whatever you know that people mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. such a weird like dynamic and comedy oh, yeah. that i never understood it's like i don't give a shit if you think i like it's a joke dude like what are we doing? yeah yeah <laughs> you know, what are we doing here um no but uh yeah so i you answered one of my questions i was going to ask you about starting comedy um and did you did you start in the bay area is that like you're because you're yeah i started here in the bay area um you know um, I, uh, I started in 2015 and, um, uh, and that was like the first time I did an open mic, uh, or was it like 2016, something like that around that while, but while ago, um, and, uh, honestly enough, it was, uh, I was in therapy and my therapist was at the time, you know, uh, he was, um, like Jason you need a hobby. You need something like a passion to get yourself into. Like what's an activity you've always wanted to try, Mm -hmm. you know? And I brought up a couple of things, you know, he's like, you know, I was like, you know, I've always been a fan of standup comedy back in high school. I did theater, um, you know, and I've always been in television, you know, so performing and being in front of the camera and, um, you know, doing those things didn't really bug me that like, it wasn't something that I kind of got used to. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then eventually it worked itself out where um 
I went to Tommy T's open mic, uh, you know, and I just went to watch. And because I'd never been to an open mic before, you know, I've always been to actual straight up comedy shows, watched. Did you find out about about that, like online or something? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with my job, I work nights. Uh, Mm -hmm. So um, I work, you know, typically three to 11 o'clock. And at the time, my day is off on Monday, Tuesday. And uh I believe at that time they had like a Tuesday mic or maybe it was a Wednesday mic. So I think it was a Tuesday mic. And so um, I went, I went to the open mic and I just walked in and I just caught the lighting like last five performers or something like that. And they all bombed. (laughs) I mean, it was bad. And it was like a typical open mic, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I think I could do this. Mm. (laughs) And so I, I, I just like, I was just like, all right, well, let me like write some jokes. And then two weeks later I went and signed up and I got a couple of good chuckles, you know, and a couple of good, you know, bombs and things like that. And then, um, then I, uh, you know, went again two weeks later and then, uh, one of the guys that, you know, was a producer at Tommy T's, uh, who did showcases. He, hit me up and he was like, Hey man, you want to be in my showcase? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And so, uh, it was like a month later or so. And he was very insistent. You got to bring people, you know? And so, you know, cause it was kind of like one of those things when you start off in comedy, you get on those bringer showcases. And I did, I think I did like five minutes on it. And, uh, you know, I did our, I did well, I did well. And I, I was so happy. I was so excited. I mean, I tell you, I was so nervous. <laughs> I mean, what, okay. This might be a little TMI, but like when you're nervous and when I was nervous, my bladder shrunk to the size of a freaking mm-hmm. thimble. And I tell you, I must've went to the bathroom like 35 times in like an hour <laughs> Because it was just like, it, I wasn't even drinking anything. I'm like, why is my body producing this? Yeah. This is nuts. <laughs> I like, it's like, stop it. It's like, get it out. It's like, so you gotta get yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of scared shitless, but like, you know. You're scared pissless, dude. Pissless, exactly. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. Uh, so, and I, I tell you though. Doing well and getting 150 people, I think, that was there that night to laugh at my jokes was something that stuck with me to this day. Mm-hmm. It was literally like the chase, best. Chase that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, drug addicts talk about that, like, first, <laughs> like, euphoric fucking high. You good. know, like, oh, man, it was that first time. You know, that was, like, for me, you know, and – um you're like Jesse Pinkman so, floating in the... In exactly. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I was out of my body. Yeah. And I got off the stage and I had people for the first time coming up to me going, dude, that was really funny. That was I, that was great. Keep on up. Keep it up. I was like, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. So, um, and then I did the next showcase and I invited more people and I bombed my ass off. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing I'd ever... <laughs> ever done in my life Uh, it was like i i barely prepped i was in my head i was cocky like what i love about comedy is it humbles you i don't care if you're great 
I don't yeah. care if you're young, whatever, it will humble you. Mm-hmm. You cannot predict this thing at all. And yeah, I basically, after that, I walked away for like two years and I oh, didn't, wow. I didn't go back to comedy. And cause also same time too, I realized that my work life wasn't going to allow me to pursue it to the degree that I wanted to pursue it at. So you're and like, it's gotta so, be, I gotta go in all in or i gotta be you know you can't just be like half in i guess is what you're yeah well because i I work nights and Mm -hmm. so you can't if you if you work nights you can't go to mike's on a regular basis like once a week when you're starting out Ooh, that's rough yeah and then in 2018 um found myself back in therapy and my therapist was like Hey, what about that comedy thing? It really resonated with you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I tried and some of that, but you know, I don't, you know, and I was describing them. And so, um, I, uh, found a workshop in San Francisco that, you know, does comedy. And so I started, uh, picking up with that and nice. that was different, you know? And so comedy college, you know, a lot of people have d- different opinions on it and some of that. And what I, you know, for me, it was more or less, it was the discipline of going every week, writing every week, mm-hmm. um, having a, a place where you could fail in almost a safe space um, where, you know, you go to open mics and stuff, um, you know, and there'll be a comic in there that, you know, we'll see you and just like pull back and go, oh, God, ooh, I don't, you know. And so I, I need you get off stage oh yeah when you're brand new that's kind of like that happened to me a few times when i was brand new and i was like yeah. dude damn like okay yeah like okay like it was yeah. just kind of like all right <laughs> I, yeah I take that <laughs> and going into comedy college with my previous experience you know kind of really helped me kind of almost like i was walking in as almost an advanced student at the time because i'd already had some you know stuff and so it kind of gave me a little bit of the confidence, but also kind of, you know, put it together because I was like just locked in and engaged and I developed a new set and like, it was really nice and tight. And so in 2018, you know, that started and in 2019, um, I really just pushed back all in and I decided, you know what, I really want to do my own comedy show. I really want to start getting okay. into producing. I nice. really wanted to, um, you know, because also same time too in comedy. And this is what I tell a lot of people is you have to develop your own success. You have to develop your own um, <clears throat> avenue um, in this game. I mean, yeah. there's a couple of comedians that have done it without producing. My hat's off to you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but, you know, I I don't have the time. I just simply don't have the time to go to mics every night, build the connections. Like, um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to produce my own show. And that's, that's what I did. And so I reverse engineered my success, uh, within comedy. Yeah. I was going to say like you, cause I, that was, that was told to me early on as well. And I started like a show like pretty like six months into doing it. I and I didn't know what I was doing at all. Like when you you start, Mm, when you mm -hmm. started producing, like, was it like, did you have were you, was there people you kind of went to like to to kind of like uh to ask for advice or were you, or did you just you just kind of start yeah. it and go for it right away 
Well, I, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I, I went after a few people and, uh, what I did was I started watching other people's shows. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, you know, Phil Griffiths, uh, out, uh, you know, half moon Bay, he does a show called at hot dogma. Mm -hmm. And I wrote with a comic that was on his show and he had, uh, Lori Kilmartin, uh, who's uh, Conan O'Brien's head writer, nationally touring headliner, doing his bar show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's my first time seeing Chad Opitz and a couple of these other cats. Oh, nice. And it was amazing. And so what I ended up doing was I, uh, you know, I, with him, I just, I was like, all right, this is great. And so, um you know, I talked to Phil and he gave me some really great advice about equipment and things like that. And I just kind of saw how it ran and yeah, I, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I went to faction brewing, uh, here in Alameda and nice. I went to a couple of other establishments as well, but faction was just like, yeah, we like comedy. We've never really done a show here before. So what are you thinking? And, uh, my background in television, uh, allowed me to, you know, I knew how to set up and run productions. I knew how to run cable. I knew how to run, you know, some audio stuff and things like that. I've done a lot of live events on other situations. So I kind of had that down and then the promotions angle and things like that. So everything that I've done in my life in my previous life from being a waiter and knowing how to just talk to people. Yeah. Be a producer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So uh so yeah faction gave me my shot yeah august of 2019 we had our first show and i remember i was talking with the owner and you know when we first started talking she was just like yeah okay well maybe you'll get like 50 people and i remember our first show we had 237 paid damn and i was like holy (laughs) shit It's like a, it's like the, it's like an, uh, was it a, that Gordon, it's like Hell's Kitchen where he, he like staffs the rest, he like brings the people to the restaurant that's like not that busy. They're like, you know, that's, yeah. like, that's like what's going through my head. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. It's yeah. Just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like packing a place yeah. out. Damn. I mean, yeah, I was awesome. I, w- I was amazed. We, no, we were literally dragging chairs and yeah, stuff like that. Like... And we had a great show. <laughs> yeah. And we had, we had a stellar show. Paul Conyers headlined it. I mean, nice. it was just, and it was funny was we, we didn't have much of a system. I had two speakers that were barely hitting the back of the room. And, you know, we were back six weeks later and we had 220 people. I mean, and it was just, and then the pandemic just kicked us in the balls, mm-hmm. but it was just amazing yeah. though. And like, uh, you know, it was funny was my sister came to the first show and I didn't tell her how many people were going to be there. And the look on her face was absolutely priceless when she looked at the room and saw that many people there. She's like, oh, my God, what? what is this? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. You're like, it, it's happened. So, <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. But see, you know, I mean, I barked, you know, and that was the other thing, too. I gave out 500 flyers. I walked in the Alameda uh, Fourth of July parade. Uh, that is every morning and I pretended like I was in the parade and I just put on my brand shirt that I I had merch already bought and I handed out flyers for like five miles and you know and acted as if I was in the parade itself and oh my god there's a comedy show here 
And this is prior to Alameda Comedy Club was open. So we were like the big name in the in the in the crowd yeah. now. So yeah. yeah, you know, so I love it, you know, and I, I love producing. I, I don't see myself as a headliner. I don't have this idea that I'm gonna be a Netflix special kind of guy. I absolutely love what I'm doing. I love producing shows. I love hosting shows. Um, I love being a part of shows. I mean, if I can get past to the clubs, great. Uh, if mm-hmm. I don't, it is what it is. But, you know, just the fact that it's almost like, um, you know, in automotive racing, they have, uh, you know, this thing called pay to play. Mm-hmm. And so um, celebrities will get on these like car racing teams and basically spend all their own personal wealth to race with other uh, really good drivers. And they end up getting a win and some of that. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see it in F1. Um it's kind of like that for me where it's just like uh, all my producing effort and all this other stuff. I get to work with the best comics. I love to work with They're all, you know, and it just makes me better. You know, yeah. I mean, the rule of my, my show is like, I am the worst comic on my show. That's it. I always try to make everyone else on my show better than me. Yeah, so if I'm hosting the show, everyone gets better than me, you know? And so as I get better, I want the show to get better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah I've, yeah, I've had other so. producers say similar things to me. Like, I wouldn't even book myself on this show, you know? Like, that's a common theme, mm-hmm. I think, that I've heard. And it's been on this podcast. It's, like, a good it's a good mentality, I think, to have because, you, like, you're just saying you want your show to be the best. And it's, like, you know, you got to – Yeah. You, it's to say, yeah, it's, like, to put yourself always on there. It's, like, you're also – it's, like, yeah, it's, like, a – that'd be, like, an ego, ego thing a little bit. But it's, like, you know, too, you want to mm-hmm. – yeah, you just want to have the best and build the best community with the with the people that you have. And I see your lineups. Your lineups are freaking fire every time. Like I'm always like, I'm always like, dang man, yeah. like this guy's always getting like these these people on these shows all together. Like like it's like each one of these people I feel like could like you know be in any sort of spot on the show sometimes. And it's like yeah, you mm-hmm. you're doing a great mm-hmm. job, dude. I really like I I, I look to your like uh, promotion stuff sometimes, and I'm like, I oh see thanks, you with flyers, and I'm like, dude, I'm like I'm out there like trying to do that too. Like do you like actually um hold on i should um before i do that i noticed the zoom's about to kick us out uh i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna add you to another zoom call so we can finish the hell yeah sorry about that oh yeah my roommate also roommate also hooked it up with a coffee i was i had to run and grab that nice. quick. <laughs> yeah I, I i opted for my pre-workout oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> caffeine so well, I tell you, I mean, you know, um, after shows, I mean, uh, let me ask you some questions. Uh, after shows, do you find yourself ever uh, having like a come down where you fall into like a kind of like this little malaise of depression or just kind of like it, it's kind of like a mix of exhaustion and then just overabundance of like just nerves finally coming out or your body and mentally, emotionally and physically you're just like – Ah, and all you want to do is just like lay in bed and watch fucking YouTube clips or something. Yeah, like I, yeah, <laughs> I definitely because I, I well, I struggle also with just like being like after a show, like people coming mm-hmm. up to talk and like mm-hmm. I kind of struggle with just like because I I immediately go into like put stuff away mode, like and I I mm-hmm. I have to oh, stop yeah. myself from doing that because I yeah I yeah. need to be like talking to people and like asking how the show was yeah. and like. Yeah. And so like I I try to I I guess I struggle with that as opposed to like trying mm-hmm. to get myself like get stuff away and get upstairs and get out into you know and get out of the mm-hmm. out of the mm-hmm. venue, um, mm-hmm. and 
And so, yeah, I kind of, I do fall into that though. When I get home, I just can't fall asleep because I guess I'm just like, mm. I'll just sit there and I'll just <clears> think <throat> about every little thing that I'm like, oh man, like there was that, like next time I need to, you know, mm. I just, I'm always thinking about how to make it better in my head. And I just need to, I, I, I just like struggle to like, I love hearing that. I struggle. To, I love I, I hearing struggle that. To stop like thinking about it i'm just like i need to stop thinking about this like it's over it happened okay you know like you know no actually you know what that's a great take dude i I really honestly it's like it's over dude you can't change it you're like it happened whatever happened happened you're like but next time you know i get it no that actually that that sounds like a producer (laughs) that sounds like a good producer right there no seriously because you're looking at how to make it better That is fantastic. I mean, if you're walking away with a show and you're oblivious and you're just seeing either the numbers of like how many ticket sales you have and that's your that's your judgment. My I, I honestly the the box office for me like it's 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 a nice op, it's it's the net result which is really nice, mm-hmm. but the quality of show customers first always audiences first always it, if you put the venue first or the comics first you're gonna not necessarily have um a winning formula for success you have to put the audience first i want every single audience member to walk away going holy shit i want to tell everybody that i know about this That's show like the best i want yeah. everybody to go yeah I'll, I'll tell you this much. So my prune yard showdown in Campbell that I've been running since August of 2021 the the every month. Theater? And we've been, it okay. is, I run a survey uh, at the show oh, nice. and we had, you know, I, 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 for months I, I was compiling lists and some of that. And so I had over 800, um, you know, survey results and I compiled the data and it showed that, 35% of my audience was from word of mouth. And that is great. And it's been just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Awesome. So the yeah. fact that, yeah. And so when people are talking about your stuff and going, wow, that was unbelievable. I had a great time. You know, it wasn't super expensive. Um, the comics were really funny. I didn't know exactly who they were, but they were really cool. I like this person, I like that person. And, you know, and that's one thing that I always suggest too, is, you know, always consider yourself producing diverse lineups, you know, don't have similar styles on the show and also give people a different change of pace, you know? And, um, yeah, I try to, I you know, try to and I'll tell that. you this, like, I try to like well, that's what's what you, it brings yeah. back to what you're saying about watching shows. Like I will, mm-hmm. I like that's part of the like I'm not attached to any particular scene because I live down here in Marina, like by Monterey, and the mm-hmm. well, I guess Santa Cruz yeah. is like where most people associate me with. But like I spend a lot of time in Santa Cruz, but also mm-hmm. I'll go to like the South Bay and like last night I went up with a friend and we did uh, the Slate open mic and then I was like I I. Went over and said what's oh okay yeah and yeah. said what's up to some people at the milk bar. I've never been there before, so I was just like, you know, seeing what's yeah. up and just saying hi to people and like, mm-hmm. just 
you know, I'm trying to get out more. Like I was doing show, I went and did a show with with Xander, like uh, down in Slow, and and you know, and got yeah. to meet those people down there, like Ernie and Rick, and you know, and, like those guys are. It's just mm-hmm. like getting, yeah, great guys. Just like getting, like uh, getting out and getting to like you know, meet other comics and other people. I feel like the bigger your network becomes of like being able to pull people into your show, and if you have a good show, like you're, you know, obviously, you know, you got multiple that you can pull all these people into and it's like those people also do word of mouth to other people mm-hmm. i'm sure that you and you get tapped in just deeper yep. and deeper <clears throat> to other people you know like i'm all like yeah. i'm like i'm always like trying to like just you know see if i can get like you know and people what's also cool too is people are like hey man i really like so and so uh, can you, you know, like people at the bar will hit, tell me that they'll be like, Hey, when's, when's so-and-so coming back to the, to the basement? And it's like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you for telling me that. Like, I would, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. like, you, you like them, I'm going to bring, you know, those people back. And so, yeah, that's really cool to hear that. It's like sure. that much of word of mouth is and, and that you're able to like, you know, just keep like, yeah, just tapping into, to more and more people. That's. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's. You know, you know, and it, it speaks volumes to the quality of the show, you know, and that's that's the thing, you know. And so, um, you know, I find that a couple of producers in the Bay Area, they're all about, you know, uh, money and, you know, they don't really give a shit about the quality of the show. And, yeah. you know, you see their lineups and it's just kind of like, mm, OK, you know, and like so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and and that to me, I think is just like, I mean, that's also speaks why my relationships with my venues are so strong. You know, I've had other producers try to, you know, I've had other producers approach my venues and ask if they would join with them or, you know, do a comedy shows with them. And my venues are like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like cool. Alameda Comedy Works. Yeah. They're great. They're they're on top of it. They bring us great shows, um, you know. And so, I'm not going to risk that, you know. And also, same time too, I I tell venues right off the top, you know, especially for producers, you know, young producers, they come in and have an exclusive deal. Do not allow a comp competitor to go into the space because if they have a bad show or if their show is not up to par it's going to suffer all the other shows there's a show oh yeah has a ripple effect Mm -hmm. has a total ripple effect there's a venue here in the bay area that you know they had something like three or four different producers um once a week do a show and like one of the producers just did a horrible job and it hurt the other shows Mm -hmm. and then next thing you know instead of having like you know and the the space is cool. It was like the venue was pretty neat, and they had an outdoor space, they had an indoor space, and all this other stuff. And then what ended up happening was, you know, they all started booking the same comics or like you know things like that. And so you have to understand, like, you know, it's gonna it's gonna have a ripple effect. And you know, as a producer, the other thing too is like, yeah, you want to make money, but as a producer, you're also in charge of taking a loss too. You should always pay your comics and pay them well. Yeah. Um, Be prepared. Kind of, it's, yeah, that's something to anticipate. And like, that's something I learned from moving from a free show to sort of charging tickets was like, oh, like it's on, it's on me now, you know? And so it's like, it's it's the act stop with the free shows producers if you're listening to me stop with the free shows 
free shows all they do in my opinion free shows seriously i mean unless the venue can't charge because of um you know they can't close down the space because it's technically not a private event mm-hmm. or they have rules against it free shows in my opinion are so rough and yeah you can charge tips and you can have the venue da, 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 da. but the thing is is i look at when a person goes to a comedy show and they say it's for free, it puts a it, it automatically puts a thing in their head about the value of the show. Even if it's really, really funny, um, you know, you're going to bring out the wrong people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just in my opinion. Which, and that's yeah. it's rough, but it's just I think you should always charge for comedy. You know, whether it's five bucks or ten dollars or twenty or thirty, I just I always think you should charge for a comedy show. And it it was like something that I just, I guess I was like kind of nervous to do, just you know, and and didn't really have any sort of understanding because you know, I, like when I started producing a show, it was like uh, we were at an open mic and it was like we should like make a there's no like comedy where we're at and so i you know just mm-hmm. went and asked this venue same process like similar to what you're saying they mm-hmm. like want to do comedy but then it was like uh we only i only knew like the people that were at the open mic and so it was like mm-hmm. well, what do we no yeah just, and so yeah. you're like let's just go do you know and then it wasn't until i started like i you know i started meeting like people in other scenes and then mm-hmm. they're like i'm mm-hmm. forgetting like man you should charge for this is so cool and kind of listening mm-hmm. to that and being like yeah but how do I, you know, how do I like, is it downstairs? And I'm like, what? Then I need another person. They're like, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, yeah. And I just kind of mm-hmm. never like, there was one point where I was just like, I, I can, I just didn't have, I guess, like the confidence or like the, yeah, just the understanding of what, what I was even doing. And then kind of once I, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of trial and error, trial and error, it's like, okay, now, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the difference, the difference between like a free show and charging has been so much like the audience is like there they're there for the show they're there mm-hmm. on time i'm not like mm-hmm. trying to like corral people like come down to the basement mm-hmm. like let's let's start this thing you know um mm-hmm. so yeah i yeah all that stuff has been like it's the difference has been amazing and, and then yeah the quality of like just the audience too and like the yeah it's been really fun like you got to look at this way man you're 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 it's almost like farming. Mm-hmm. It's a weird kind of thing. You're planting a seed, you know, but it's not a seed of like a, gr- a crop that just grows in a year. It's like an orchard, mm-hmm. you know, where you have to, it's like a tree. A tree takes years to grow unless it's fucking bamboo, mm-hmm. but a tree like, you know, that gives off fruits or nuts, you know, it takes years to get that back in the harvest. And so, you got to learn that the process of this, there's no, you know, I mean, the way you learn is by asking questions, mm-hmm. experiencing these things, uh, looking at other people and admiring what they are doing and saying, how can I replicate that? And how can they help me get to where I need to go? And I've been lucky enough where I've been able to get in the ears of a lot of people that I admire and I look up to and give me some really sound advice. I've, taken my life experiences of other stuff and applied them here Mm -hmm. um, to my shows. And so, you know, now it's helping me get nationally touring headliners, you know, I mean, I'll I'll tell you the rich Voss story, which like a lot of people are like, how the hell did you get rich Voss? What the hell happened there? What is up? That's amazing. Did you email him? Did you DM him? What's up? 
So, uh, Rich Voss, for people who don't know, it's worth a YouTube, worth a Google. Oh, yeah. Uh, serious, yeah. yeah, great comedian, has six comedy specials, HBO, Comedy Central, NBC. He's been on TV hundreds of times. Um, you know, he was uh, on NBC's got America or NBC's last comic standing. And, you know, so Rich, you know, he comes, he came up in the New York crew, you know, Patrice O'Neill, Jim Norton, Louis CK, Bill Burr, like those are all his buddies, you know? Um, and uh, I was, so I, I did a show with Joe Hill uh, and uh, I had him here uh, down in Campbell on my show. And he taped his special. Uh, he has sold out the room. He crushed it. Every audience member loved it. Him and I just hit it off because I just, I love his producing capabilities. I mean, this guy is a machine. He just gets the show business end of it. And like, and, and is, I've always had a really great relationship with Joe. And he's like, hey, man, I'm doing a show in Brooklyn. Would you like to have a spot on it? I'm like, you know what? I've never been to New York more than 24 hours. Fuck yeah, let's do it. So I uh, flew into New York City uh, and, uh, you know, I was going through a real rough patch in my life at that point. I had just broken up with my girlfriend. Um, I was really depressed. I was just kind of not myself. I almost canceled the trip. I just, I just didn't feel like going. And I was trying to bring people to come with me and no one could make the trip. And like, I just felt like, oh man, this is going to suck and all this other stuff. And I land at the airport. It's like, you know, it's, it's around 1130, 11 o'clock. And then it's also hot as hell in New York city. And it's like maybe 80 degrees out, 80 degrees out at 11 o'clock in New York city is actually one of the coolest fucking things on the planet. I want to say, because everybody is alive. New York city is an amazing city, especially Manhattan, Greenwich village, freaking awesome. And it was just, I felt the electricity just in the air. Everyone was out and about having good times, you know, everybody dressed to the nines, like, yeah, you know, in, in the Bay area, especially at that time, you didn't really see that very often because people were still scared and pandemic and all this other crap, you know, and I was just like, you know, and they'd go out, they'd be like, Oh, stay away from me. Um, so it was just so cool to feel. And I was on the phone with my best friend, Chris Posada, shout out to my brother. Um, and he's just like, dude, you're on California time. Get out there. Fucking have a good time. Throw your bag. Don't be a little bitch. And like, just <laughs> be in your room and fucking cry. Be like, I'm like, you're in fucking New York City, motherfucker. Go out there. Have yeah. a good time. Drink a beer. Go to the cellar. Just enjoy the fucking night. So what I ended up doing was I was like, oh, hell yeah. He, he was like my hype man. He felt like Rocky Balboa. Mm -hmm. You know, and talking to, you know, his uh, trainer, you're going to eat lightning. You're going to crack from that kid. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I get to my hotel room. I, I, I freshen up. Uh, I was in my room for like maybe five minutes. I go back down in the street. Uh, the comedy cellar, for people who don't know, has a bar above it. Um, and uh, it's known as the Olive Tree Cafe. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the olive tree and have a beer, you know, and just hang out and just enjoy the night. Maybe get something to eat and just call it a night. Mm -hmm. Have, uh, you know, I have about a few of my business cards on me. I walk one block 
Rich Voss is walking up, up the sidewalk against me, and I notice him. I'm like, Rich Voss. He's like, what? Hey, hey what's up? And I'm like, dude, I'm a big fan. How are you, how you doing? He's like, oh, good. Thanks. What's up? Like, just totally awkward. Mm-hmm. And I, in two minutes, I'm like, hey, man, I just want to say, are you performing anywhere? I'd love to catch you. He's like, yeah, I'm at the cellar. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Well, I run shows in the Bay Area. I'd love to have you out sometime. Um, you know, and here's my business card. Please email me or give me a phone call and maybe we can be working. He's like, how does it pay? And I'm like, you know, I told him some of the details and he's like, all right, cool. Well, great. Let me, um, you know, and I thought he was just going to crumple up my card, throw it away. Yeah. Month later, he emails me. He's like, "Hey, we met, and I uh, just checking on this, and I we called and nice. uh, talked to the owners of the venue, and and then uh, talked to him, and we hammered out a deal that worked for all parties involved, and you know, and he came, and we had three sold out shows uh, for him. Uh, they were all fantastic. You know, he crushed on every single one nice. of them. I got him another gig at another venue." Nice. Uh, that he did really well at. And so, you know, it, it was just one of those situations that, you know, it, it, you know, the spontaneity of the moment and, but also not, you know, I had an opportunity literally coming down the street, walking in front of me yeah. and I didn't let it go past yeah, me. That's, I just that's the, said, that's the main takeaway. stop it. Like Lou, uh, like Wayne Gretzky says, you know, yeah. you miss all the shots yeah, yeah. you don't take. Yeah, like that's you know that's so cool, man. Like you're, yeah, you're like, yeah, you're you're at the, you're literally, yeah. It's, that's just like, that's a sick story, dude. Just like you know, yeah. it's a, yeah. And so <laughs> that night, I'm on cloud nine. I literally went from like here to where I'm like, I'm so sad about yeah. my job. Oh my god, I should be. <laughs> Why am I here? I should cancel my trip. Yeah. You know, to like shit i just met rich voss and it had a positive interaction with him yeah city's fucking full alive i went to the olive tree walked in there sat up at the bar and i'm like and and the, at the bar and it's been you know this bar has been on tv shows like crashing and things like that um it's very famous you know and they have a tables that are set aside for all the comics that are on the shows mm-hmm. and on the wall they have a monitor of like what's going on in the stages and some of that and i'm like looking i'm looking at the monitor and i'm I'm seeing some really famous people up there and then i look over my shoulder there's sam morell just talking it up wow. and then i'm drinking a beer and then i look over my other shoulder there's david tell you know and i'm just like holy shit this is the coolest fucking thing ever yeah. you know and i'm just like totally. acting like i've never been here before you know, and I had a great time, you know, and so, yeah, and awesome. it all came from booking a comedian who just said, hey, man, you want to go to New York City? Yeah. You know, and so you learn to build on opportunities. That's the thing. You never know where they're going to come from. And it's relationships. You know, if I was a dickhead or if I tried to short a comic or, you know, if my reputation was bad, you know, people aren't going to extend those kind of things to you. Exactly. You know, and so yeah. that's I mean, I know producers in the Bay Area, you know, that are making an obscene amount of money and they're they don't care, you know, and so and people are talking a lot of trash behind their back and, you know, and it's just like it, it is what it is, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, but the thing is, is like, I look at it this way, you know, I, your reputation is one of those things that, you know, I'll always want to be known as a guy that's like, Hey, he's a good dude. You'd like to work with him, yeah. you know? And, and also same time too, it's just like, I love to bring people with me, you know, when I see a comedian that like had a really great set on my show or have some stuff, I offer up my services. I know how to edit. I know how to do reels. I know how to do all that stuff, you know? And so it's just like, Hey, let me help you because I want to elevate the scene too. I look at it this way. There's no, I mean, San Francisco and the Bay area, that used to be what Austin is now. Austin, Texas mm-hmm. is now. It used to be the third city, you know, behind New York and LA. I mean, literally, yeah. you know, and it's fallen off and you know we have the talent here Mm -hmm. it's just being successful takes a community a little bit you know and it takes somebody who you know takes a couple of these people who want to elevate the scene and i want to elevate the scene. there used to be more clubs there was like a a punchline in walnut creek wasn't there like a while like yeah well yeah there was there was a couple of clubs tommy t's had more than one club you know yeah so there there has been clubs so but I also think the, you know, the way people consume comedy is different too, you know, yeah. you know, and so going out to a club, you know, it has to yeah. be great, you know. So. Well, I was just trying to relate it to what you were talking about, you know, like the Bay used to be, it used to like, like you're saying, it used mm-hmm. to, it kind of has like, yeah, gotten smaller. And I think that, um, you know, like before the pandemic too, there was like all this momentum, even I kind of was feeling it a little bit of like just this different momentum and now it seems like it took a took a while but i feel like it's starting to like over the past year or so i feel like it's happening again and like this summer i feel like it's a great opportunity for a lot of people like to just they feel like it's going to be just really nice and like all this you know good weather we're having it's a great time to just mm-hmm. like you know get some get some like uh some great shows like going or just keep it keep like everything going like i i'm excited for my outdoor show in santa cruz that we I finally got to that's awesome got to do it again on the outdoor yeah. stage this past yeah. week and it was like I'm like hell yeah dude like june and july coming up are gonna be great and like yeah um uh, yeah it's just uh yeah it's um it's cool like uh i uh yeah i i uh i wanted to before we before we wrap up here i did have a couple of like things that just like non-comedy related, yeah like some kind of article sure. stuff like i uh you yeah. um do you, are you a you're a sports guy? I think right. Let's uh, you like you follow sports at all? Like uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I started my career as a sports uh, producer oh, okay. in television. Um, you know, so I'm I'm a sports guy. I've been in the sports scene for a while. So you know, you and the, so did you see this thing? It was uh, I think it was maybe a couple days ago. This college team. Um, I think it was the Atlanta Cape Community College in New Jersey. Uh, they were playing a game and they had uh, they got caught cheating. They had um. Mm, no, I didn't. Comms. So it was interesting because it like reminded me of the Houston Astro. Uh, oh, okay, scandal. yeah, yeah, the cheating scandal there with the bang in the uh, trash can. Yeah, yeah, so it's not a, it's not like it's it's kind of similar, I guess, in that they're like they're tipping pitches and like kind of um, like letting the but they had like a comm system in the batter's helmets, which I was like mm. for a community college that is some high, <laughs> high level shit. <laughs> like, I'm like, where did they get the? They really want to win. <laughs> yeah, like, wh- I'm just wondering where they're getting like the like are they getting like some some like just a, the booster club hooked it up, you know? <laughs> hey, when you're when you're paying thirty two dollars a unit for a class, you know that 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 JUCO title was, means a lot, you know. So like, I was like, this is like the most. They like it was like taped up in the helmet, and then they had a guy yeah, in center yeah. field. 
old like an iPad and and he was like relaying stuff and I'm like this is the like what are we <laughs> Well, dude, they're cheating in Little League, man. I mean, they're cheating in Little League. Like, they were they were bussing in kids from all over the state, like, to play in Little League. I mean, yeah. this is this is what the tale as old as time. I mean, well, you know, the thing is, is the desire to win, the desire to even at Atlantic Cape Cod, Atlantic Cape Community College, yeah. <laughs> telling you <laughs> oh, oh god no i mean you're you're so right i mean you're so right and um you know and it's a funny it's a funny bit it's a funny premise you know just because the desire to win for some people is just insane because you don't know how far you'll go to get there yeah. um you know i mean you look at lance armstrong for example you know i mean like they're the idea of cheating you know mm-hmm. and you know some people i mean and what's funny is like some people do it for monetary reasons and some people do it for you know just the idea of success even though it's completely hollow um or chasing a record or something like that Mm -hmm. but yeah doing it for a juco status that's fucking hilarious (laughs) yeah Yeah. i was like yeah Yeah. uh also did you see uh i i i saw this in the news and i was like damn hell yeah dude uh robert de niro um, oh yeah oh my god 79, 79. or whatever dude like, he's still dropping damn. loads holy they're, shit they're fertile that's the wild yeah. part they're swimming still dude like oh man oh god dude <laughs> his swimmers must have walkers or something dude that's just crazy oh you know what I picture, you know, like when those senior citizen activities in the pool where they got like the little floater devices, you know, and stuff, <laughs> and they're doing the, the weights and stuff. His sperm is so old, they're named Gertie, yeah. you know, that's, that's, you know, Gertie and Harold, yeah. those are how old his sperms are. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get there. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, dude, that. Like he had to like. <laughs> like he had to like do it off a balcony so he'd get enough velocity to like make it (laughs) it's just like dude the guy i couldn't believe it i was like 79 that's wild also it's just a little like yeah i don't will he even get to i mean let's be realistic the guy's not even gonna make that kid's 18th birthday Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and that's the sad part you know is just the fact that you know, I mean, I don't have kids. I, I can't speak to people that, hey, listen, he, he he's financially set and that kid's going to have a fine life, you know. But, you know, it's it's still the idea of that. I mean, you look at a lot of these people. I mean, like Elon Musk and, you know, Chris uh, – or not Chris Brown, uh, the other guy. They're Nick, they're Nick having Cannon. a race to have <laughs> – Nick Cannon, yeah. Yeah, dude. No, gonna they're, say- they're having a race – they're having a race to 20, you know, it's, it's all of a sudden fucking turning into money ball of fucking kids, you know, yeah. it's like, who's going to break the streak, you know? And it's just like, dude, this is not 1850 where you expect six of your kids to die, you know? And Hey, whatever that's that they are what they are. They're doing what they're doing. But I mean, it's just like any kid who has a bad relationship with their parents, you know? And it's just like the idea that you're sharing all this time with like, you know, hey, whatever. You know, yeah, I just but wonder. Like, it's. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think Dick Van Dyke watched that and was like, "I wonder if I could like." <laughs> 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 I wonder if I could get. 
wonder if oh, I'm still... <laughs> He's like 97, 98. Hey, man. Dude. Who knows? He's still driving. There was a video of him. He got in a car accident the other day. And I was like, that dude is oh, driving yeah. a car on his own still? That, like, blew my mind. I was like. <laughs> dude, you can't tell an old person not to drive. Yeah. I mean, that 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 is one of the I mean, I would funniest. Just, he should just have a driver, I mean, though. It's like the dude is. That's like, oh, I know. The dude is yeah. a legend. It's like. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I. So yeah, no, it's yeah that dude is that yeah Dick Van Dyke yeah no it's 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 interesting to me for sure you know to see those guys doing what they're doing you know cause, props to him God, he can still dance hey, around man. it's like yeah he's living life but dude I'm living like I'm gonna die at 52 I'm sorry you know <laughs> and it's just like I'm I'm good you know I'll, I'll I still eat fast food I don't care you know and it's just like oh whatever I'm in like uh you know there's john caparillo had his great bit you know it's just like why is everyone hating on mcdonald's uh, i eat mcdonald's because fuck my 70s you know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's funny. You know yeah. it's just like uh yeah i i don't know i, I just i look at it this way it's just like uh you know uh, if De Niro's doing what he's doing that's great you know but at the same time i'm like ooh, you know plus on top of that i mean He's not exactly a bad-looking guy, but, you know, just imagine climbing that mountain every couple of nights, <laughs> you know, so. It's like, wow. But you never really see that with the old, like, you know, you, you, like, it's it's an old premise with Bill Burr's, but you don't really see the, I mean, you're starting to see more cougar women going after younger guys and some of that. I mean, obviously, Kim Kardashian's going to be that, you know, as as she starts getting older. I I have no, I have, I I do not think Kim is going to be going much older than she is in the next, you know, couple of years and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just don't see that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but hey, you know, more more power too. I mean, I I'm doing this new bit where I actually, you know, I'm I'm 42, you know, and I'm I'm dating women that are, you know, have families and things like that and one things I, I like about them is they have no time for bullshit they literally they're on a schedule yeah. you know and so you know you don't want to mess with around their times you don't go well let's play it by ear no you better have a fucking <laughs> what plan, do you want to do you know? <laughs> she's like yeah, get out of here i'm paying a yeah. babysitter get yeah out of here no, what do I do? yeah <laughs> no there's none of yeah. that i mean literally a single mom would be like, we're having sex tonight. And I'm like, we are? No, we are. All right? She's like, I, I it's have, happening today because pre- it can't. It, it, uh, yeah, this is when it can happen. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is happening. I've made, like, I literally, it's on the calendar. I've circled it. As long as you don't say or do anything really, really fucked up, like, we, this is happening. And you have to leave Sorry. by this time. Yeah. I mean, if she's like, if I have to break out a slingshot and a shot, you know, a pill of Viagra, we are making this yeah. happen, you know. So, you know, it's you know, it's hard cider time. <laughs> there you go, you know. Hell yeah. So. Well, dude, this but, has yeah. been uh, this has been great. I'd love to do it again, yeah, man. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having I'm sure me. Sure, have to have yeah. you back on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plug- I could go two and a half hours with you. <laughs> uh, plug all your stuff so people can like yeah. you know check you out and go. T- yeah, Alameda Comedy Works, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Uh, check it out. Um, you know, I, I don't really run an actual .com. It's one, been one of those things that I've been trying to get around to. Uh, Jason Toops, uh, you can follow me there. But really, follow me along the, the like the, the company stuff. But 
I'm happy to work with anybody that's uh, listening to this podcast and uh, absolutely love what you're doing, Mike. You're, you're an asset to the community and uh, really, really appreciate you. You're a good dude and yeah, keep it up, man. It's uh, really enjoyed my time here and much more success to you, sir. Thank you. To you as well. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>